welcome to Your Best Riding Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Riders Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so glad that you're listening in today. Today we're sharing part two, part two and how email marketing works and how to make it work for you. And this is how to make email marketing work for you. And my industry expert is back with us. Oh my goodness. It's the amazing Patricia Durgan. And Patricia is the founder of Marketers on a Mission. She trains Christian writers and speakers to become change catalysts for the kingdom. She's a recognized online marketer and Facebook Live expert. Patricia has hosted over 500 60-minute interviews with Christian writers and speakers. And she is an AWSA, which is Advanced Writer Speakers Association, Certified Writer and Speaker Coach. Oh, welcome back, Patricia. We are so glad that you're here on Your Best Writing Life. Thank you very much for having me back. I'm so glad I... I'm glad I passed the test after the first session. We're back for the second. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, you know, it was a little iffy there for a moment, you know. <laughs> well, <Go ahead. laughs> Patricia, here's a, here's a question that I didn't ask you on the first one. We just really had so much amazing content. And folks, I'm going to highly suggest if you're listening to part two, be sure that you go to the show notes, that you download the slides that are there because you're going to want to utilize this. You can listen through, come back and listen again and utilize the slides that Patricia is making available to us. But go back and listen to the first episode, part one of how email marketing works. So you get that gist. And then this one, we're going to be going deeper into how to make email marketing work for you. I'm turning Patricia loose. And she is just going to walk you through every step of what it is that we're covering today. I'm here. I haven't left. On occasion, I may say amen to that, Patricia, but we'll see what God does with this. I'm excited to have her back with us. So Patricia Durgan, take it away. Hey, everyone. It's so, so wonderful to serve you again. Uh, I appreciate Linda inviting me. We're talking about email today. We talked about it last time. We're talking about it again. Last time we were talking about the nuts and bolts, the behind the scenes. Now we want to see how you can help make it work for you. Remember what we're trying to do. We're trying to get our audience's first name and email on our list, our email list on an email provider platform. I'm not going to explain it completely because we've already done that in the first session, but a very quick overview is we want the first name and email address of as many people in our God-given audience as we can collect. We want to collect those names and emails by serving them and offering them a free resource and then serving them after they get the free resource and serving them and developing a relationship via email. An email list is the most single, most valuable asset you have as a Christian writer or a Christian speaker in relation to your marketing. Social media followers are wonderful. Email readers are much more valuable. When the time comes, if and when it does, that you sit before a professional in the field who's trying to decide, do I am I interested in representing this person? Am I interested in offering a contract to this person? One of the questions that they will ask you at the very beginning of the conversation is how many people are on your email list? They know what we sometimes either don't know or we, you know, 
we put our head in the sand, like, I don't want to know that. Nah, nah, nah. You know, when we're children in kindergarten, <laughs> if I'm not listening to you, what you're saying can't be true. Uh, that's not totally accurate. <laughs> so we are on slide one. We're moving immediately to slide two. We want to develop relationships with our subscribers. They are the people not counting our family and friends who were not in our ideal target market. They love us and support us, but they are not our God-given target market. Okay. So be very grateful for them and then move to serve your ideal target market. These people on your email list are the people most likely to support you in whatever way they can, because you have served them consistently week in and week out for months or years. This allows us to have this relationship with hundreds or thousands of people. It allows us to hit the ground running, so to speak, when we have a new project, whatever that project may be, little or big. We can connect with our contact, our email list, and let them know what's going on. And in an ideal situation, which we don't all have, or we're moving toward an ideal situation, there's an army of people who are advocates for us, and they want to help us get the word out. They're not our employees. They respect us and they value us because we have been serving them day in and day out. And they know us now via email, like a pen pal when we were growing up. I never had one, but I I was always intrigued by the concept. So we are on the slide number two right now. There are six different ongoing tasks or duties or responsibilities that everyone in the world has when they have a website, when they want to have an online presence, whether they're a ministry, a business, they raise chickens in their backyard, whatever it is that they do, including Christian writers and speakers. And those people, excuse me, these tasks for those people who don't yet have the slides are our audience. We always want to be working with our audience, serving them, uh, talking to them. Our website, we always want to be keeping that up to date and changing things out. Not every single moment of every single day, but each of the six elements for our author, our speaker platform, these are ongoing responsibilities. Nothing here we can just say, I'm so glad I got that website made. Now I don't ever have to look at it again. Uh, right. No, 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 that's not the way it works. So audience, website, lead magnets which we talked about a little bit more in depth in the first session, live service, and that would be Facebook Live or YouTube Live, fill in the blank, email, which is what we're talking about right now, and content. We're always wanting to have some activity in each of these on an ongoing, each of these areas on an ongoing basis, okay? Moving to slide number three. I want you to know that um, God isn't calling you to relive your pain in order to serve your audience. He's not calling you to, you know, go go back and just be in the drudge. If that if your message is very dark and the Lord has delivered you from it and then invited you to go back into the darkness to guide people out, your audience to guide them out into his light. It, if that's the case for you, it's not for everybody, but if it is for you, I want to assure you that he's not calling you to go back into the darkness and feel all of that pain all over again, okay? That's not what he's trying to do. Your pain is no longer the focus of your life anymore because of Jesus Christ. Boom! Okay. There you go. That's good. Got to get that in there. And it does not have to be the focus of your message. You want to share a bit, especially your email messages. Um, We've all been around people who are 
they're not just sad and they don't just have like an ongoing chronic illness or an ongoing situation like a financial struggle and it's been going on for three years and they're still making progress and then, you know, forward and backward and forth. This isn't what we're talking about. We don't want to be the person who is sitting at the gate, you know, scraping their sores, just telling everybody how horrible their life is. Nobody wants to hear that, my friend. Mm. I don't want to say it, and I certainly don't want to hear how bad it is for you. This is something that we can touch on when we need to, to validate our message or to connect with our audience if our audience needs that. Not everybody's audience does. But we don't want our emails our words in general to be all about some horrible thing that happened to us 20 years ago. It's about the redemption of from being being in that situation. Now we're redeemed. Now we're in the light. Now we're serving other people. And you, by the way, you're my audience. So I'm serving you. We have a message of hope, hope. Mm-hmm. Yes. We need to share the part about I wasn't happy or I was, I was did terrible things or terrible things were done to me. There's a place for that, but it's minuscule. Okay. It's minuscule. And I speak as someone who has that background. Right. So this is not an armchair quarterback speaking to you. Okay. Moving on to slide four. There's a whole big bunch of people who don't, this is what I hear constantly, but I don't want to be one of those marketers that bother people all the time. Okay. Now, Linda has heard my magic answer to this. Here it is. Don't be. (laughs) Boom. Don't be one of those marketers. You get to make that choice. Can I get an amen, Linda? Oh, hey, man. <laughs> Such a simple solution. It. It's one of those, doctor, it hurts when I do this. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> Good. Email is part of, not a requirement, but you can think about it that way because nobody's going to come get you if you don't use email, but you are going to miss the golden opportunity, and we're not talking about gold like in money, but the golden opportunity to have a heartfelt conversation or a very informative or educational or entertaining conversation with the people that you are called to serve. And here's the thing. You're not just talking to a vacuum. No, the Holy Spirit is drawing them to you as you serve. Mm. he's in charge of these relationships. He's in charge of making these connections happen. We can't be physically in their space. So what's the solution? Oh, be in their space via email. Encourage them, entertain them, fill in the blank with what the Lord has put on your heart for that very day. But this is how we develop relationships and relationships are the basis of our message. If we don't have anybody listening to us, what value is our message? Okay, and that's a hard pill. Maybe that sort of pulled you up short, but we want to use email to serve our audience. So how often should you send an email? Well, on your slide number four, there's two different doors. One's Mary's door and one's Joe's door. Mary sends a do- uh, an email every week. She, boom, she just sends it. She's full of like clockwork. It's full of great insights. It helps people understand how to move to the next step, a little bit of humor sometimes. And her readers actually look forward to receiving her emails. Now, there's probably not a whole lot of people you could say that about in your, your inbox currently, but that's the goal. And Mary's meeting that goal. Okay. Her readers want what she has to say. And then when she occasionally invites them to take an action that would benefit her, 
they're very glad to do it because they're in relationship with her. You know, okay, Joe <laughs> is more like the rest of us. He sends an email every once in a while if it crosses his mind. And when he does, usually he's talking about this fantastic opportunity I just came from, or um, this isn't a lot of, um, I, I sign up for a lot of emails because of my work. So I get all kinds of craziness in my inbox. I get a lot from people who are trying to sell a really high ticket item and they want to show how valuable their message is slash how wonderful their lifestyle is slash this is why it's proven that if I go to Tahiti every other week, I'm proving to you vicariously that my high price ticket item is worth it. Okay. Because I can afford mm. this kind of a lifestyle, sort mm. of a convoluted mm. path. Okay. That's sort of like Joe. His emails don't help his readers, and so they Amen. ignore them or they unsubscribe. This is not helping us meet our goal. Amen. And let's say also, let's back up for just a moment and say that Mary and Joe may be each quality person, but Joe might be marketing to get what Joe needs, and Mary's marketing to offer what her audience needs. Mm. And everybody mm. knows it. <laughs> everybody Amen. knows it. Amen. We may not be able to articulate it, but we know when somebody wants something from us in real life and in online, when they're just using us as a stepping stone to reach their goals, we can tell and we are out, Amen. aren't we? We immediately disconnect. We want a relationship. I'm not That's saying right. that you're going to offer somebody to come over and stay the night at your house. That's up to you and Jesus, probably a, a spouse. But I'm talking about having something so they get to know your affectations. Mm. They get to know how you, the shortcuts that you use. Mm, they know your personality. You're not naked. You're just revealing your heart and your personality, who you are as a person, the same way that you would if you were sitting in a cafe with a friend. Okay? Amen. In a new friend relationship, we, we're tentative and we're watching and observing and monitoring. And, you know, our, our senses are all spotty senses are all you know, registering how we feel about this conversation and this person. Do they feel sincere? Do they feel true? Are they helping me? Are they speaking to me? <laughs> For some people don't even speak to their subscribers. They just talk to them or at them. Mm, so good. that's not what we want to do. We market mm. Jesus way. So the email frequency is slide number five. You want to start with ideally every week. If that makes your head explode, go to every other week. Now, I have several people through the years. I've been doing this for 22 years. And they'll say, well, I send once a quarter. Is that enough? No, baby, that's not enough. Your readers want to hear from you on a regular basis, but they don't want to be hammered by you. One of the reasons that people don't want to send things regularly is because they, based on their history as a subscriber to other email lists, other right. people's. Right. They, yeah, they have such a bad taste. It can be horrible, can it, Linda? Oh, absolutely. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want other people to feel about me the way I feel about receiving this email. That's a great yes. way. Great way to put yes. it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They don't have to because you're going to, you being you, me, Johnny down the road, you are going to offer them quality content. And we've got some information on that in a little bit to help you with that in this session and some more follow-up afterwards to give you some information about and a couple of helps on how to create content. But you want to start off, if you can, once a week. If that's going to be so stretch you so thin that's going to make you feel like you're smothered, then back off, do every other week. 
if you can't even tolerate that idea because of your schedule or your lack of confidence in your ability to write interesting emails or fill in the blank with whatever reason, then go to once a month. But the goal, if you were doing that once a month, sending emails out that infrequently, in the real world, once a month is infrequently. The goal would be to start every other week. And in a perfect world, which I don't live in, but I've heard of them in fiction books, is every week. <laughs> it's, it. When you're just starting out, or if you've already going, you already have movement, but you know, it's sad. <laughs> it's a little, little pitiful. Okay. We've all been there. You are not alone. Everybody starts out at sad and pitiful, and I don't know what to write. Everybody does. No matter what they say, they started there too. So you can alleviate a lot of the pressure if tasks seem to give you pressure. Some people really love writing emails. Create some ahead of time. So when you launch, let's say your book is going to come out in February and you want to start an email list January the 1st, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Start writing them now, sometime between now and the end of the year. So you have an archive, you have a bucket of content, emails already created in your computer and are on your email provider. Okay, so that you don't feel any pressure. You're just like, okay, today's the day. Let me go into my stockpile. And this is the one I want to send now. This will just help you immensely. So these are some tips and we have a few more later. Don't add multiple images or videos in your emails. If you can help it, don't add images or emails. Now, it's again, it's not against the law. It's not improper. It's not against protocol. But smarmy marketers... They use images and videos rampantly. You've probably seen some. As you scroll down the email, it's quite long, and there's like three or four, and you know somebody's dancing and somebody else is doing the jig over here. Not blah, 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 blah. They're trying to distract you from the point that what they have to say isn't valuable. If you look at the dancing puppy dog, maybe you won't notice that this is a nonsensical email, okay? So, but because they use those techniques, we're not like them, but if they use those techniques then our readers may consider us that before they know us, before they have a chance to know us. Then we, we're, That's not who we are. So to the degree possible, control those. Don't add images, multiple images or multiple videos in any of your emails. Okay. Okay. On slide number six, readers don't subscribe to hear us talk about ourselves. This is a shocking, shocking truth. I mean, how would they not? We're so wonderful. And what we do is so fantastic. And aren't we beautiful and lovely and handsome and whatever, whatever, whatever. No, they don't care about that, baby. Can you help them or can you not? Is their life going to be improved in some measurable way or not? If your emails, whether you write fiction or nonfiction, if your emails don't do anything to add value on any level to their life and you just want to tell them, here's the blog post and here's where I was interviewed and here's where I was on the television show and here's where I went to Tahiti. Okay, let me be the one to break the bad news. They don't care, baby. They don't care. You want them to care, but they don't. So it's much easier to talk about what they want to talk about and get their attention. And then what can you, what will happen? You'll develop a relationship with them. Okay. In our emails, we want to, this is slide six, big red X on the left-hand side. We want to write more about them than ourselves. Certainly we can talk about ourselves. Absolutely. But not at the detriment of not talking about them, not talking to them, not helping them, not serving them in some way. Here's an example. Here's the title of an, of an example of an email that I got, because, I mean, I get some crazy stuff. They're not all from Christian writers and speakers, just let me say. In this example, for those listeners, two, here's the title, two books, 
plus one podcast that will make you rich. Okay, so philosophically, I'm out already because I'm not seeking to be rich. I wouldn't reject being rich, but I'm not looking to be rich. So this person, I'm not in this person's audience, but because I'm getting this email, I'm getting great examples of terrible emails. So I stick with it. Or in this example, he's saying, if you know me well, you'll know that one of my top values is learning and growing. Apparently, it's not serving. Um, at any point in time, I'm working with a coach, reading a book, or devouring a podcast. Today, I want to share two books and one podcast episode I really recently came across that made a huge impact on me. I highly recommend you check them out. I had to read the whole blame thing before I got to one single usage of the word you, Y-O-U. He could have done the same thing and turned this around and helped me understand how valuable this information could be to me. I'm not interested in eavesdropping on his life. I want him to help me with my life. I feel really strongly about this, and I don't apologize for feeling strongly, because this single truth can turn your marketing and thus your audience, your audience's growth on, it, on its ear. When we serve people in Jesus' name and offer them information that he has first given us as he walked us through our journey, and then he invites us, after we're delivered, he invites us what? To go back into the same situation so that we can help other people in that same situation or a similar situation, help them find him as well. And if they already know him, guide them out back into his light. All right. So we're, we should be all about them. Jesus is all about them. He wants us to be as well. So a little bit of preaching there. I don't, uh, I stand by it though. All right. Let's go to slide number seven titled how to reactivate a dormant email list with just a couple of examples. Okay. So let's back up and what in the heck is a, a dormant email list and why would you want to reactivate it? Okay, so we know what an email list is. That's where a, a list or a grouping or a collection of all the people who have ever signed up for anything that we've ever offered, that we have captured their first name and their email through an email system. Find out all about that in session one. Okay, and then what are we supposed to do with them? Well, most of us, or not most of us, a lot of us forget about it. <laughs> we don't mean to. We don't mean to. We really sincerely expect to stay in regular contact with them. But life is hard. We get busy. We have to move. Johnny Johnny needs to take, go to the dentist. Fill in the blank. There's tons of things pulling at us every single day. Not to mention the monster that is social media. It's very easy to forget email because it doesn't call your name. We don't get any warnings or notices it's not on the front burner and email providers don't contact us and say, your readers haven't heard from you for three months. Do you want to send an email? Nobody does that. We have to remember it. And if your memory is like mine, my list, to-do list is long. If it's not ho hollering my name, it's very easy to just let it get swallowed up into the vortex, right? Right. So Linda and I both need to reactivate just a little bit. We talked before and we have a full confession, <laughs> full confession. This is not normal, but it's also not, not totally abnormal because, again, we're not notified. If we don't remember it, it doesn't get done. The next thing you know, years have passed, months or years, and we haven't been serving our audience. And that's what we promised them that we would do. So now we have a little bit of a gap between what we said and what we did. And that's, you know, that's a little bit awkward. So we want to reactivate a dormant list. If you haven't contacted them in a while, whatever that means to you, 
then your email list has gone dormant. They've gone silent because you're 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 the instigator of the conversation. Right. So if you don't send out emails to start a conversation, then they're not going to converse, converse with you either. So that email list is dormant, but we don't want to lose those people. If it's way old, two years or something, that's a different flavor altogether. We're talking about something that's within the zone that we can re-energize that, the people on that list. And we do that by contacting them and just apologizing in some way or fashion or form. It can be serious or humorous, whatever your normal style would be when you're talking to a friend. You made a boo-boo. You're embarrassed. For heaven's sakes, I can't even believe I did that. I'm very, very sorry. Can we start over? Or can we get back to it? Fill in the blank with what it is that you would say to a friend. So let's look at this. These are on slide six, excuse me, seven. Here's one version. I hope that this is funny. Might not be funny at all to my readers. The potential title is the rumors are not true. The potential first line. I have not enrolled in the witness protection program. Okay. <laughs> now, I have a client who read that in an email and she laughed and laughed and laughed and called me. And she said, my husband used to work for the witness protection program. So I can't even tell you how funny that is to me. So this is, you know, something that's a little bit off the wall. Maybe you would use that. Maybe you wouldn't. What would you use if you were trying to be humorous? We're not trying to deflect ownership that we have that we have gone AWOL. We're just trying to start the conversation. We want them to open that email because until they open it, they don't know we're sorry. They don't know that we want to start over. They don't want to know, they don't know, won't know that we want to do better next time. So here's another apologetic tone. The title might be, can we start over? Uh, the first line might be, I've been AWOL. Are you still interested in? And then whatever your message is, you insert that. I would say, still interested in email marketing? Still interested in being on a podcast? Whatever it is that you offer in your message, whether you're a fiction writer or a nonfiction writer. Are you still interested in talking about this? And then these are just the titles and the potential titles and first lines so that you get, can get their attention. Then you can say what you want to say, apologize briefly and move on. This is not where you fall on the sword and you talk about this and send an apology for the next 37 weeks. Uh, no, no. Okay. We're all adults. We just apologize sincerely. Say it in a way that makes sense to us that reflects our personality while taking seriously the fact that they trusted us with their name and email and we, then they didn't hear from us. And we're sorry about that. We're going to do better in the future. Uh, one is just very blunt. You'll see this on seven, still on slide seven, the bottom. Just say what it is you want to say, a potential title. I just, I goofed. Uh, perhaps the first line would be, you trusted me and I'll let you down. And then I would go on. I would acknowledge what has happened in whatever way that suits your style and then apologize for it and then move on and give them content. Give them content. The whole email does not need to be about this. Then you're reactivating your dormant email. Now they know when you send them an email next week, they're going to know what's going on. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot we were starting over. Yeah, I forgot that. She's coming back to me. If they don't want it, they will unsubscribe. Assume that they want it and invite them to unsubscribe in smaller letters down at the bottom. Now, this is different. This is a different perspective and a different task than culling your list or cleaning your list. We don't want to have 400,000 people on our email list and have 700 of them who are interested in what we say because you are paying for all of those 400,000 names, okay? Right. That's not really possible to my knowledge, but to have that many people on one email list. But we, this is different than that. This is where we've made a boo-boo by going 
silent and we want to reconnect with them. We don't want to throw their names out, maybe with the bathwater, without asking them. We want to reconnect, apologize, and say, can we move forward together? And then go about your business, serving them. If they don't, if they're tired of you or they somehow are interested, they'll either ignore your email or they will unsubscribe. You want people to stay on your email list and you keep serving them as if they had. Right. Any questions about that, Linda? No, that's very good. And I like that you made the comment that this is different than if you're going through and cleaning your list of people that are inactive. And you're right. We have to be aware of if, if you have a free account, well, you're not going to have 400,000 people on it. But if you're paying for that many people and they're not opening, and I, I, I actually have a, a word here that I'd love to share. When I was building my email list years ago, and I'd look to see how many people have clicked. And it would say, how many people opened your email? Well, one of the key things that I discovered is depending on what they open, quote, their emails in, a lot of them look at the email in the reader view. They don't double click and open it up. So guess what? It doesn't show like it's been read. I Mm -hmm. had a reader out of and I say out of, out of the blue, right? But I had been praying, Father, how many, what are the percentages that I have that are actually opening it? Uh-huh. And I got a, received an email from one of the ones, they opened my email and they said, I just want to let you know, I don't always open it. I just look at everything in the reader view. So it may not show that I opened it. I just felt you needed to know that, that I look at everything and I'm like, I, oh, I'm so glad because we might get a little disappointed if we think no one is opening it, but some just look at it in the reader portion, not necessarily opening all the way up. I hope that's a great point there. Yes. Great point. And if that, if you have any questions about that, contact your email provider and ask them about that um, so that you know what you're working with. That may want, you may want to change email providers. You may be completely satisfied. Don't let one thing turn you against a platform, but um, be aware. Okay. Educated. We want to be educated so that we can continue serving people. Um, Okay. Now we are on uh, slide number eight, talking about content ideas. Yay. Content ideas. Woo. (laughs) Uh, the goal is for us to become a trusted resource we do that by developing a relationship and vice versa two sides of the same coin we become a trusted resource by developing a relationship and vice versa okay everybody wants to know but what in the world will i have to talk about well i do have some helps outside of this training we're going to take care of our business here in this training and then we'll talk about the helps uh, at the end what will i talk about you know them here's what i want you to really 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 know You know your audience. These are not strangers. You may not have ever met that person, but you have met other people like that person because the Holy Spirit has been drawing them to you for years or decades. At your home, in your uh, home environment, at a conference, at the ballpark, fill in the blank with any number of different ways where we're just living our life. And the next thing you know, Somebody shows up for a casual conversation that wasn't even planned. You know, sitting beside somebody at an airport, and we just start talking and start having a conversation. And the next thing you know, we realize that person needs my message. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's telling us that that person is in my audience. 
they might want somebody to hear their story. And you're the one that he's quote unquote happened to have sat them by. Okay. You know these people very, very well. And what they have in common with you is that you have traveled the same or a similar road and you are on the victory side of the mountain. So you know more than they do in this regard. You may be serving a bank president, but if you know more than he or she does regarding your message, you are the one in authority and you are the one that they will come to no matter what their status is, high or low, and say, I want to know more about you. I want to know more from you. Will you listen to my story? Will you tell me your story? These are the people that we want to write and serve no matter what we're doing, but we're, we're speaking about email marketing today. Throughout our marketing messages, we only want to serve those people whom Christ has called to us. And how do we know? This is off the slides here. How do we know who he sends to us? <laughs> we just turn around, we're living life, and we're having to start a conversation, or they do. And how do we know that they are the people that are going to change? There's a lot of people who hear a message and they go away and they're dumbfounded because it sounds like it's a little bit hard. I'm not sure I'm going to do that, or I'm not ready yet. Jesus is very familiar with this scenario. He offers the ultimate gift, and there are people who walk away from him, or they put it off. Okay, so we're not responsible for their timing. We want to have our message so finely tuned that our audience will will recognize from a distance. Oh, I don't even know this person, but what they just said, I know I need to go get that book, attend that event, sign up for their email, whatever the case may be. This is where we're we're delivering our Holy Spirit inspired message and he's bringing them to us to listen to it or access it in some way. These are the people that we write for. But first, we want to talk about evergreen topics. One of the things that we can all, we're always on the money. We're always proper to talk about mindset issues. There are people who are more hopeful and joyous than other people in the world. You've seen some of them. Maybe you are one. But on a whole, humanity is, is on a, as a whole needs hope all the time. We just need hope all the time. Even no matter who we are, what we have, whether our situation, how much money we make, no, we need help. We help your audience see themselves in the after state. And by that, I mean, now they're in the before state. We want to help them see or imagine themselves in the after state, after they've applied your message. Okay. Now, this can be in your book or in your podcast, any number of different ways that you can present your message. But it's always the same message, might be a different element or a different category, but it's still the same overarching message. That's what you want to consider when you're writing your emails. Go back to your, over. The, what's the big idea? To help your audience see themselves. They have dreams, goals, questions, challenges. They have pain. All of these things are evergreen. You're always right. to um, When you look at this slide, number eight, on the second session that we're talking about here, you're, those are always going to be winning email uh, content ideas. Okay. You don't great. want to only offer that, but they're always going to fit. Do you agree with that? You yes. have, you have a rich background in people. I do. And as you're talking, I'm, I write to personalities of different people. I have specific books that go to educators, that go to parents, that go to couples, that go to the general audience and then we have some coming out for leaders. And so I can actually hit all of these areas 
and making them evergreen, which is what I strive for when I was in radio broadcasting, it's always good. It's always ready, available content. It's not dated. And when we hit those points, they're going to stay and I can tie them into my message, every single one of them. So I am mm -hmm. nodding and with everything that you're saying, I'm <laughs> in complete agreement and trying real hard not to make notes right now while we're doing the interview. So <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So these evergreen topics, they're always going to fit the occasion, no matter what's going on in your audience's life. But we don't want to just do that. It's not just about feeling good, even though that's part of it. You still have other areas of your message. They either want or you know that God wants them to have. We all have messages that have multiple layers, multiple components. And our audience, when they first engage with us, they don't know everything that we do or how fully our message might be able to transform their life. So the burden is on us. We have the information. The burden is on us to help them understand that. So share that in your emails. Share a, a blog post where you're elaborating on that. So your email would have something, you know, a greeting of some kind with a little bit of a prompt or a teaser to get their attention about what your blog post is. And you would put the blog post link into the email. So you would set them up to help them understand on the e in the email, this is my latest blog post titled XYZ. This is the benefit it will be to you. Now, we don't write it out that way. We write it as if the benefit is, is, the, is the lead, and we include the link, okay? We can write an announcement. Maybe something is exciting that is happening to you. You are going to be on an interview, but you, are going to you do have a new product or a new book launching. It's perfectly acceptable to talk about yourself, but not to the detriment of your audience and the relationship that you're trying to build with them. Um, books, maybe your books you're reading now, questions that you know that they have. We know our audience because, again, we've traveled the same or similar road that they're on right now. So we have we know the fears that they have in the middle of the night. We know the questions. We don't have to interview 5,000 people. We've been serving these people formally or informally for years or decades. When That's we right. didn't even know we were in ministry, we were ministering to them. You got a ton of information in your head. This is to help you draw some of that out. And a free resource that I'll have available later does the same thing. The purpose is to draw things out of you because there are it's gold sitting inside your mind. Let's tap into it for your benefit and for your audience's benefit. Screen number nine has some more information. More everything that we talk about, though, in our emails, we want to tie it back to our message. We don't want to just talk about something that is stands alone and could be used in anyone else's email. I like okay? that. It must tie in for your sake. You're, you want to serve them. This is God's master plan. You're not disappointing him because you're serving them and you're periodically inviting them to do something that will benefit you. He doesn't mind that. Your motive is what he cares about. If your heart's right, you're going to be okay. And your audience will know the difference, even if they can't explain that to somebody else. You can walk them through a journey of change. You can share reviews from your readers. If you write a fiction, whether you are only a fiction writer or you write fiction in addition to other uh, genres, you can share something about your main character's struggle, maybe their backstory, maybe um, a long lost relative, any number of different things. Fiction, you know, you can make it up. That's why it's called fiction. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier for you. There, there's more here, but I'm not going to read it for people who are traveling. Just know that the slides are going to be available for you. Okay. Beautiful. Now we, let's go to another type 
we want to talk about sales cycle emails. We're not talking about them specifically. I want to give you an overview of how that would work. There, there are people who only contact us. I know you're on some of these people's email list because I am too. They only contact us when they want us to buy something. Other than that, it's a ghost town. Okay, so I don't appreciate that. No, neither do my subscribers or your subscribers. So we want to have a sequence of regular emails, then go into sales emails, and then go back out into re- regular emails. How in the world would we do that? So we want to have, I'm showing, going to show you a really basic way to do this. And we're going to talk about it for just a minute, and then I've got a, two visuals to show you. To, to illustrate what I'm saying, we want to bring up, we've got a regular email sequence going week in, week out, regular. We're doing good. We're serving them, developing a relationship, talking to them about them, answering their questions, the normal stuff, the normal good stuff. Then we want to bring up the topic that we're going to be discussing in our product. We're going to bring it up in a general way. This is subtle. This is not manipulative. Your motive is the difference. Okay. In a subtle way, let's say that you're going to, what did you say your next book was going to be about leaders? Did you say? Yes. Uh, Linda? Link, link okay. for leaders. Okay. So the very first step on slide number 10 is to bring up the topic. And by the topic, I mean what Linda is going to be talking about in a general way in an evergreen email. In a regular, quote unquote, regular email. Linda would be wise and probably has already done all this in the background, probably already finished and ready to, ready to be released, talking about the, any number of different things about leadership, the responsibilities of leadership, the value of leadership, the fulfillment we find in leadership, how to become a leader, questions to ask to figure out if you are a leader, all in just very soft, subtle ways. We're not, we're setting, we're not setting them up to, to sell them something. We're setting the stage to let them know when the time is right, I have a valuable item that may be helpful for you. And we'll know that they are interested in the leadership topic because they've been all opening her emails that are general, what they would consider, the reader, the subscriber would consider a general email. But just I'm just noticing a very subtle thread maybe about leadership in here. I wonder if Linda's fixing to have another book or, or maybe they're inspired or triggered to become that leader themselves, step into that leadership position to any number, hundreds or thousands of opportunities. And she wouldn't use all those. <laughs> this is a short, a short email series, but that's the idea. Then you mention it more specifically. This is a series, a sequence. You mention it generally, then you mention it more specifically. Then you talk about a possible solution and mention that you're going to be sharing good news very soon. Then you actually open your cart if that's what you have, or you start sending out your Amazon link, whatever your method is. Make your offer plain. My book will launch in 30 days or my book just launched today, whatever your, your marketing strategy is. So now they know. But prior to that, a month or six weeks or two months, based upon your choices and your scheduling, you've already been talking to them about leadership. This matters. Because we, if let's say that we have a zoo and we talk about how to feed elephants, crazy analogy, just pulling it randomly out of the air. We've been talking about elephants, how they add to the ecosystem. If they do, I have no idea. How, to, how, they, how, how they eat, what to feed them, um, how long they live, all the different things that we might be able to talk to about an elephant. Let's say that we have a book on elephants coming out. Now, that would be a great segue. The precursor emails would be a great segue 
to connect them from our general emails to our sales emails for our elephant uh, elephant book book written about elephants. Okay, but if we never talk about elephants in any way, and we're talking about either nothing and nothing, just generalities, and then we plop it on the next Thursday, and we're saying it's fourteen ninety nine here, you buy it now. Okay, that's just like somebody just doing the same thing to you at your house. You're minding your own business, living life. Somebody rings the doorbell, you go, and they shove their face in your face. Buy this book, it's $14.99. And then you, you wait for them to give you the money. That's not how things are done in our world. People use those techniques. We don't use them, okay? This is the purpose of a warm-up part of your sales email cycle. Now we've moved to page number 11, slide number 11. I have two visuals of the same information. People learn differently, so I've given you two different images. Everything that's in the teal and it's listed over here on the legend is evergreen. These are your general hope, help, funny, you know, your general emails. They're not general because they're boring. They're general because they're not, they don't have a specific goal other than to develop or maintain your relationship with your subscribers. Then we start moving into the pre-sales emails. Okay. That's the orange. Then we move on and we have the cart is open if that applies. And if your case, if you're selling a book through Barnes and Noble or Amazon, that's when you would share the link. Yes. And you would make it known. This is where you can purchase and you'd probably share multiple links. If you sell it off your website, maybe you want to go that round first, this green section, this full week, that's when you would make it available on your website. You could keep it there once it's there. You can keep it there indefinitely. And then you go right back to Evergreen. Okay, we're not hammering them all the time. Here's another visual to show you a little bit differently. Your evergreen emails should be your primary content. It's not the most important content. It's the primary content, your default content. You're not regurgitating things. You're still engaging. You're still entertaining. You're still being uh, becoming a trusted resource by serving them well from your message, not from somebody else's message or something that has nothing to do with your message, but actually from your message, a component of it, a category of it, or the entire message from the big idea aspect. Okay. You get to decide when each cycle begins and ends and how long it should run in your sales cycle. Plan your year out or at least your next promotional cycle and create your content accordingly. Remember, we want to talk, create content every time we can. We want to create our content ahead of time and just let it be sitting there. It will give you such peace of mind, <laughs> such peace of mind. So here we have we have evergreen. Boom, 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 boom. And then we start hoping, hoping to bring the conversation with promotional emails, but we're not selling anything. Here we're talking about a zoo in general, with it going back to that crazy analogy. Your evergreen content might be about how to run a zoo. And here we're talking about, because we're now we're what we want to do. We want to broach the subject to prepare our audience that at some point in the future, I'm going to invite you to take an action. Might be to sign up for my free webinar. Might be to purchase a book. Makes no difference. We want to begin the conversation in this direction. And Patricia, and we're talking. Yes, we're now on page twelve, and between page twelve and page eleven, or page eleven and page twelve, what you're seeing on page eleven is you're actually seeing the calendars. So there's an example of January, February, March, and it's showing you this day of the week your consistency. This is when you're sending out the evergreen, the pre-sales, the cart open evergreen again. 
So great visuals. And then the visual that you're going to see on, on page 12, those of you that may be listening and not able to see the slide yet, it's divided out beautifully where it's a graph that goes across uh, from left to right on the page where you're looking at weekly content divided into months. And so, you know, it's showing like maybe the first four months you are doing every week evergreen content. And that's how she has it divided up. And I really like this visual. I'm a visual learner. I really appreciate how you set this up for me, even the details that you have that are written on here. This is really cleverly done and it's succinct and I can see it and say, I can do that. I can do that. Praise so God. folks, if I can do that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for pointing that out. I apologize that I did not say that there was a calendar here. I find that, that both versions help me a lot. I'm also a visual learner. I'm vision impaired, but I'm also visually oriented. Uh, I'm, a, I'm definitely a visual learner. So I teach that way. You, everybody teaches the way they learn, in my opinion, as a personal opinion. Uh, so we have a calendar to look at so you can see how it would lay out on a calendar. Then we go, on, that's on page 11 and on page 12, we are looking at it visually just week after week. We've got the normal, which is still quality, still excellent. We're still energetic. We're still helpful. We're still, um, you know, encouraging them. All the good stuff is still in place. That's your evergreen content. And then you move to the next stage, which is an in-between stage. It's a, it's a ramping up of the topic, not the sales information, just introducing the topic more specifically and more focused so that when you hit that apex, that sales cycle, if you're looking at the slides with me, that's the green. When you hit that, you, they're not jarred. Mm. You, in the orange cycle, you know, you're building, 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 both with your content and your examples and so forth. And hopefully you're building their interest too. Then when you introduce, I have a product for free or for sale, it makes sense. They don't feel like they were going 90 miles an hour and then all of a sudden somebody put the brakes on. Why are we here? What are we doing? What's happening? We just mm -hmm. lead them through it. And then when that sales cycle is completed, we go right back to serving them like we always have with that evergreen material. You mm -hmm. can do this. Let me encourage you. Jesus loves you. Plus whatever we would include from our own content, our own message. And this just cycle just continues. If you want it to, this cycle just continues. And you choose on your quarterly or your yearly calendar, you choose when you want that cycle to begin and end. Once hmm. you have that, we're not getting into that very deep, but I'll just mention this too. Once you know when you want to promote, then of course you can create emails and memes and any blog posts to fit that. You know, you're talking not only in your emails, but perhaps you're going to start talking in the same, using the same concept. Now your blog posts, you're going to be talking more specifically about elephants. Before you were talking about any animal in the zoo in the evergreen content. This is a mm -hmm. random example. Forgive me if it's confusing you. I usually analogies help clear things up. You get to decide how many days or how many weeks, and then you create your content. You can do it on the fly. Absolutely. You have more peace of mind. Most of us do if you do it ahead of time, and it's already in your email um, provider and ready to be released at the right time. It gives you a sense of control in a world where there's not a lot of control. <laughs> uh, marketing is very fluid and very creative. 
So if it doesn't work going this way, you can go that way. You know, there's a lot of things like in banking and in our finances and so forth. You know, it equals out or it doesn't equal out. It balances or the books balance or they don't balance. There's no in between. There's no fluidity. There's no creativity to be legal and proper. Then there's no creativity in your banking. Okay. But in marketing, it's very different. It can be as creative as you want it to be. Simple, complex, convoluted, uh, colorful, black and white. You can talk about anything you want to talk about, um, but you still want to shape your whatever you're sharing and serving your audience. It still needs to be drawn from your overarching message, which includes God's redemption and everything that mm-hmm. he has to offer them, specifically as it relates to your message. Okay. We're almost finished. Let's go back here. Just a couple of more tips. Don't use all caps when you're using your subject line. Um, and remember to talk, be friendly, but not businessy. You're not, if you're formal, you're, let's say that you're a college professor, you're very formal, you have a really dry humor, roll with that. That's exactly the way that you want to present yourself because that's who you are. And in real relationships, whether they're offline or online, we want to represent ourselves and help people understand this is really who I am. I really do care about you. And this is why, because Jesus first cared about me. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Now he cares about all of us, both of us, all of us. Let's, let's keep walking together down this, down this path. Be yourself. If you're wacky, be wacky in your emails. Use contractions. Don't you? Okay. Close your ears if you're a former English teacher. Don't go by all those rules. Talk to me. I'm your sub- pretending to be your subscriber. Talk to me the same way that you would talk to me if we were besties. Okay. Now that means different things to different people, but your audience Amen. will, they, they like your personality before they even know you. Because why? Not because you're machinating anything, but because you're offering your giftedness through God is offering his message through your giftedness, your personality, your character, and your message, among other things. Be yourself. That helps them find you in the marketplace. Okay? Be yourself. I exaggerate a lot. I use, in my my speaking, teaching, training, in my writing, I use a lot of exclamation points. Visually, I'm I I can't even speak. If you tie my hands down, I can't even speak. It's not even possible. I have nothing to say if you if I can't use my hands. Whatever works for you that you have that you and Christ have developed all through the years, it doesn't matter if somebody else says, "No, you need to sit up prim and proper. Don't ever crack a smile because you know this is serious business." Probably it's not. When we connect with people, that's we're not trying to impress them. We're trying to to sh- share and find a connecting point. That's what exactly what we want to do with our audience. Open up with a story that ties into your main point. Um, if you can, connect your call to action back into your story. A CTA is what's on the slide, on slide number 13. That's a call to action. That's when you're asking them to take an action uh, or do something that will benefit you. Sign up, purchase, enroll, share, okay? Sign off in your usual way. These are um, the power of the postscript, a PS. Studies show for decades, people read the headline, the first line, and the postscript if they don't read anything else. If you're going to use a PS, make it good and juicy, whatever that means to you. Filled with value, intriguing, catchy, whatever that means. It's not an afterthought. It's an important part of your email message. And here's another thing we hear all the time when we're writing and speaking. Cut to the chase. Start your story in motion. This is something that's hard to do. It doesn't come intuitively. So 
you know, you may have already mastered the skill, but again, this is not a supernatural gift. It's a skill. After you say everything that you want to say, go back and slash that first paragraph. Just slash it completely. Unless the Holy Spirit tells you different, because most of us set the stage. So I was out driving the other day and I noticed a sign. I don't care. My reader doesn't care. She don't care. Okay, get rid of that. That will help them open up more of your emails. Now we're moving to, we almost finished another page of tips and we'll move, we're closing out. Make your email feel like it's from a friend, not from a corporation, right? In the vernacular that you speak, you speak it that way at the grocery store when you see your friend, write it that way when, you, when you're when you sending an email, right? For skimmers and for readers, write to one person. This is so important in everything we do in marketing, write to one person, write your words as if you're writing to one person. So not you all, not everybody here. I'm only reading your email. I'm only one person sitting wherever I'm sitting in my den, in my office, reading your email. Don't group me in with a big collective because there's nobody here but me. This is a sign of professionalism. Can you share from your life? Absolutely. But just make sure you weave it right back to your reader. Uh, share personal stories about your family or your recipes or favorite sto- sports. Just don't go overboard, okay? And then consistently include something maybe about your pet or your kiddos or what is it that you really like? My husband is a Georgia Bulldog fan, Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. If somebody writes me an email, it's about that. If they've already built a relationship with me, then I'll listen, you know, I'll, I'll tolerate it. But uh, write to them about what they're interested in, in learning about. If it's just extraneous, pull it. Just pull it. Be merciless. Your readers will thank you. Okay, three more slides. The people that we serve today are the people who are going to buy our books, our programs, and our products tomorrow. You're not wasting your time. You're investing your time. Whether you ever make a dime or a million dollars, you're called by God to deliver His message of hope, Redemption, clarity, and answers. Serve them well in His name. Blessings will come. We don't do it for the blessings. We do it because He's called us to do it. And it gives us fulfillment that I was talking about earlier. We are fulfilled. Okay? If you'd like to have a few more ideas, Linda is going to have in the show notes, she's going to have um, a link to uh, a free resource that I'm offering just for you, just for you, how to help you write emails that get opened. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope that this was helpful to you. You can do everything God has called you to do. It might be outside of your wheelhouse. He will stretch your boundaries. He will help you understand it. Maybe he'll give you a friend or even help you hire somebody who will help, who will do it for you or teach you how to do it. But don't let the difficulty of a task stop you in your tracks. When your goal is to share the good news with your audience, not just your family and friends, but people you have never met. And the only way they will ever know that you can help them is if you market the message he has given you to deliver. Amen. So good. I know that's my go-to phrase when it is. And this is so good. Mm. Patricia, where can they find you on Facebook? The name of my company is Marketers. It's plural, Marketers on a Mission. That's my website name. That is my Facebook page name and my Facebook group that is free and private exclusively to Christian writers and speakers is Marketers on a Mission Engage. 
And when you look Very it up, good. you'll be able to find it really easily. If you can't, contact me via my website and we'll get you hooked up. There we will. All of the links are in the show notes. This has been fabulous. It makes me want to go and just start this process again. And truthfully, your giveaway, right? Emails that get opened. This is 35 content prompts that you can use to write great emails every time. May I just interject something really quickly? There, there are 35 for fiction writers, and there are 35 prompts for nonfiction writers. So there's a total of 70 prompts. I marketed it for 35 because most people are in one genre or the other. Uh, but there may be something, there may be crossover for you. So the, the fiction and the nonfiction are different. They're not duplicates of each other. I love that God brings to your best writing life industry experts who love giving what he has given them to help lessen the learning paradigm of our upcoming authors and speakers. And even those of us that have been in the industry for a long time, we cannot, we cannot be experts in everything. Thus, the Lord brings to us industry experts in the craft, in the soul care of us as writers and speakers. And that's what we bring you here on Your Best Writing Life, because we do care about your writing life being the best that it can be. Patricia Durgan, thank you so much for being here. We'll have you come back on. I hope you would agree. I'm available. My people can talk to your people. (laughs) We'll just put our peeps on it. That'll always work. So very, very good. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And thank you, friends, for joining us. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review because what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.